0: Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. What a beautiful throw by the Baker. Victor, job! Hasta la vista, baby! touchdown!
1: Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. It's Tuesday, hopefully you've had a chance to check out your recent podcast, which I compared AFC North position groups yesterday by myself, and then day before that had Andrew Siciliano on, and uh, I don't know, I can't kind of can't remember beyond that. But check out those two most recent podcasts. There are new Brownstown's podcasts that are out now with Andre. Knott. Brownstown again is a podcast that is looking at the long history since the return, the departure. All of it uh, giving you good stories and insights from folks who lived those tough years upon the Browns' return. Check that podcast out. As for your Cleveland Browns, the news surrounding the team is that everybody is back, which is great. The only person that is not back practicing, not on the side, doing the bike crew or whatever, is Michael Dunn. And I have it right from Michael Dunn through a DM that he will be back soon. So, again, not a concern. I guess that's a scoop for you. Uh, telling you that the back is not as big a concern as some might think. He should be back soon. There will be a move uh, made to make sure that that all falls into place, as I'm not sure they're going to carry 10 offensive linemen. We'll see how that shakes out. But it's good to know Dunn, who I think is a highly talented football player in this scheme, will be back with the team soon. Otherwise, great to hear Greedy Williams, Grant Delpit, Anthony Schwartz. All of these guys are full-on participants practicing, ready to go, Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, all of them getting ready for the Chiefs this week. Other news: The Browns signed Fadi Odenabo, and that is how you pronounce his name, as far as I can tell. Fadi Odenabo. If I'm messing that up, somebody can let me know. Great young player, I think. Uh, perfect for the practice squad, uh, in my opinion. Again, I think he's a great addition to a, the defensive end room that the Browns are trying to make sure is ready to go. Right? They need to make sure there's depth there. In case of any injuries, we know Tack, we know Jadevian, the history that's there. Odenabo was picked uh, in the 2017 7th round, 220 by the Vikings, out of Northwestern. Does the Browns keep on adding Northwestern guys, right? He's had 59 career tackles, 10.5 sacks, 10 tackles for loss, 1 forced fumble, 2 fumble recoveries. He had a stint with the Browns. He was inactive for the first three games of 2018. Went to the Cardinals in 2018, then really found his legs with the Vikings, where he had seven sacks according to pro football focus in 2019 and then uh, 42 pressures last year i'm going to try to dig a little bit on why they ended up letting him go and subsequently he joined the giants this preseason had one pretty solid game they're kind of trying him as a stand-up defensive end i'm going to have a film room up on all these practice squad additions sort of like i said trying him as a stand-up defensive end and their three four principal scheme and I don't know, didn't totally fit. I didn't think he looked off or anything, so I'm not sure why he was still floating around on the market at this point. But from my perspective, anytime this late in the process, you can add a guy who accumulated 42 pressures just last season, sign me up. I like that move. Tyron Matthew, around the NFL a little bit, and it pertains to the Chiefs, Tyron Matthew is still up in the air for week one. It seems like he will be out there week one, but it's still still uncertain. The Ravens lost another key part of their running back room. Justice Hill went down with an Achilles injury in practice, so they are scrambling, working out names like Le'Veon Bell to figure out how they can field a competent running back situation. We're just going to have to have to see how that shakes out. You know, we don't see the Ravens. Browns don't see the Ravens till later on in the season, uh, you, know, week, you know, week 13 or something like that. Uh, I think they see them in... Uh, you know, back-to-back games because the bye weeks in between. So the Browns, you know, you're paying attention to the Steelers, you're paying attention to the Bengals, you're paying attention to all of them uh, in the Ravens, obviously, but you don't really see those teams until mid-season on, and the Steelers and Ravens, you don't really see them until the last two-thirds of the season. So kind of watching from afar the T.J. Watt situation, which has not been discussed even, you know, not even really a known public thing with his air quotes uh, sit in, or hold in, hold out. I don't know. It's not a hold out because he's showing up, but he's not going through team drills. He's just doing individual periods and then sitting out everything that matters. And it's pretty well documented the Steelers don't do you know, contract extensions in season, so they're running up against a deadline. Maybe he doesn't play week one, and every game matters for Pittsburgh this year, especially early in the season when everybody's fresh, particularly their quarterback. So that's the big news uh, you know, around the NFL. As for the Browns, like I said, it's great to see everybody practicing. It's great that they came back from a, a weekend out and about, maybe going to family members' houses, whatever. College football games. Nobody came back on the COVID list, so knock on wood, everything trending in the right direction toward week one, and that is great. So uh, we are going to talk real, real soon. Uh, and again, we're going to have a ton of Chiefs content this week. I, I interviewed a, a great guest about their offense. We're going to post that podcast tomorrow. Today is sort of like the Chiefs Browns appetizer. We were on uh, Twitch live. Which was great. We had Fred Greetham on for the first hour, then I joined for the second hour and just kind of gave my initial thoughts about this upcoming game, where the Browns are, where the Chiefs are, uh, kind of what I think about the Browns going into year two. It's like, like I said, we're going to get to the main courses of pre- previewing the Chiefs the rest of the week. But for now, this is a really good appetizer. Again, I'm sorry, this has some of the Twitch noises that may annoy you. I can't re record an hour worth of content. I only have one night. I have a son and a wife, and I. I have things to do, so if I do a Twitch show, sometimes I'm going to show, you know, play that back for you in case you missed it. I think there's good content there. I'm sorry for the the noises that go on, but that's just uh, it's just a side product of what is I think a really good show on Twitch, and I think it's good sometimes to share that content with you. So I want to get that uh, get that interview for you just a second before we do so. I want to talk about the good folks over at Tick Pick. Browns football is finally back, as you know, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet, all those different ticket broker sites to find those Browns tickets because TickPick, which is T-I-C-K, P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need is for your NFL ticket needs. TickPick got rid of those awful service fees that other ticket sites charge, you know, the ones that almost double your asking price. Guarantees the best prices on the market. This is the huge thing. Guarantees the best prices on the market. And if you don't believe it, if you find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, Tick pick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's fantastic stuff. So whatever game you're going to, maybe you're going to Kansas City to watch them play in... Uh, Play the Chiefs at Arrowhead or whatever their new stadium's called. Or maybe you're trying to go to the home opener or the Bears game in week three. Tick Pick is the place you need to go to get in on the action right now while you can get those awesome seats without those service fees. You can use the promo code BREAKDOWN. Again, visit TickPick.com slash BREAKDOWN today to use the promo code BREAKDOWN. Again, that's the promo code BREAKDOWN to save $10 on your first order of Cleveland Browns tickets. Again, tick, pick, go there, take advantage. Now we get over to the Twitch replay, which I think is pretty good. Hopefully you
2: guys enjoy it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
3: Without further ado, let's bring out bring in the great Jake Boons, ladies and gentlemen. There I he know. is. What's well, what? hello, friend? How are you? Welcome in. What's going on, Jake? Big week here, man. Are you ready? I'm I mean, I'm you... as
1: ready as a guy in his office sitting in a chair poking a keyboard can be, you know, yeah. ready to run through the <laughs> wall. <lull. laughs>
3: You know. Dude, I'm about to I'm about to fly through my ceiling right now, man. There I you can't go. take it. I can't take it. There were some uh, we we went over some cool things with Fred. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess uh, you know you're a Baker guy. You're you 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 you're a quarterback aficionado. Aficionado, you love these guys. Um, what are you expecting from Baker in the offense this week?
1: Uh, yeah, I <laughs> I don't How know. Say- it's it's interesting because the Chiefs are going to be. Uh, very much ready to go you know I haven't really dove into their film completely yet I watched I was bored on vacation at night I couldn't sleep so I pulled up a uh, I pulled up their second preseason game I think they were playing the Cardinals and they were like wheeling disguised coverages and mugging the center and pre-snap and and going crazy tons of cover too they are going to try to confuse. Uh, The Browns offense, they're going to try to get down in their face and play physical and make them beat them one-on-one as they did in uh, the the divisional round last year, obviously. So they'll be creative. They'll be physical. We'll see. I I fully expect Tyron Matthew to be out there. The the, the timing works for him to be back, so I expect him to be out there. They'll be a challenge, like, like a real, real challenge. They're not the most talented group in the world, Steve Spagnuolo is a great defensive coordinator who's been around sure. the league a long time who knows he how sure to scheme is. up things he knows how to he knows how to pick on what offenses don't like to do and yeah, the Browns bring back Odell. We'll see what version of Odell Beckham is out there at the beginning of the year but they have a real beat on that's the that's the difference too is like the last time the Chiefs prepared, they got the Browns same group you know there's always that uh, the, the whole thing of cohesion and, and, and keeping a group together and how rare it is. And that's awesome. And it's great. Like, I really love that for the Browns, but uh, the chiefs know exactly the personnel. The personnel is no different than what they prepared for. And I'm sure they're pulling out their notes from the playoff game. Uh, it's going to be a chess match. You know, these two teams uh, by virtue of, of, of you know, I know the chiefs played more important games after the Cleveland game, but they'll have everything they need to be fully prepared They know the Browns personnel. The Browns will have a general idea of what the chiefs want to do. Like I'm sure they sat there. I know they were ticked off after the playoff game. I'm sure Stefanski and Joe Woods tasked their guys with watching those games and taking notes and trying to figure out what they're doing on both sides of the football to figure out how to stop these guys. Cause they knew they were going to, um, they knew that they were going to, you know, have to see these guys at some point in this upcoming season. They just didn't know when it worked out that it was week one. So, I expect it to be a challenge, you know, like, like I was just talking to my podcast guest about, uh, about, we don't know, you know, there's such a mystery around what the Browns are going to do because we don't know what these guys have done together collectively. Uh, we don't, we don't, we haven't even seen on the practice field, really uh, the, the, you know, Grant Delpit and Ronnie Harrison and all these guys we haven't seen, we don't know. So it's a huge mystery. Like I'm going to be learning what the Browns are going to do at the same time the chiefs are. So that's unique. But on the other side of the ball, it's like, we have a pretty good idea what the Chiefs are going to do. It's just whether the Browns can defeat it. What are they going to do that's different than last year? So I thought they figured out their run game stuff a little late, had really good success running from the gun. So we'll see if they try to implement some more of that stuff, uh, power counter schemes, dart schemes from the gun. But as far as Baker goes, I, I would expect him to be pretty sharp. I would hope. I would hope. Again, we need. I need Baker to be sharp for 17 weeks. His his future depends on it, right? Like. He has to be really good throughout the course of the season. You know, he's got to play well. The whole thing with Baker is consistency. He's got to show he can be that quarterback that was week eight through week 17 last year for 17 games, and there's no better game to show it to start the season than playing Kansas City on the road. So I expect him to be pretty sharp. I I, I would imagine he's going to have some mistakes here and there. It's a matter of whether those mistakes actually yield turnovers or – uh, if they're just turnover worthy plays, I'm sure Pat's going to have a couple throws that he'll want back too. But sure. I could sit here and be nervous about it. And wh- I, I have no reason to doubt it. I think he's going to play well. I think he's going to rise to the occasion. If he doesn't, then we'll break down what the hell happened, you know?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to, uh, you know, real quick, sorry, CBS, CBS, Cbus writer. Thank you so much for those five gifted tier one subs to the OBR Twitch community. Very much appreciate that. Thank you so much. And you can save 20% off on those because it is September and all gifted subs on Twitch are 20% off for the entire month. Thank you very much, Cbus writer. Go ahead, Steve. Sorry.
0: Now, Jake, you know, I don't, uh, uh, disagree with you very often when it comes to these kinds of things. Um, mm-hmm. in your television shows and movies, I disagree with you all the time, but that's only because I'm <laughs> right and you have terrible taste, but that's a whole different thing. Um, as far as y- you said, the offense is the exact same personnel. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm quibbling with that just a bit, because one of the things that allowed the chiefs to crowd us last year in the playoffs was there was nobody to run deep, nobody. Yeah. And now Odell Anthony Schwartz, even Demetric Felton, uh, DPJ has a year of growth under his belt. I, yeah. I think the weapons are different enough. Obviously, they know the scheme. Well, it's not like we have seven new starters or anything like that. Yeah. But I think the simple fact that we have not only one, but multiple deep threats to push them further down the field yeah. means that maybe they don't know exactly what we're going to do. Am I wrong in thinking that? Well, I would
1: hope that they don't know exactly what Cleveland's going to do from a, from a route concept. If they go in there trying to to almost mimic the game plan, that would be a pretty big problem. I also yeah. just don't think they're going to play afraid. Like I don't think they're going to change who they are. So nice. I think they're going to play aggressive. I think they're going to get down in your face. You're going to see that SOB Dan Sorensen wheeling all over the field. They'll run that guy up to the line of scrimmage and wheel him out into deep half. They'll do the same with... With 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 honey badger, they'll do. They'll go crazy. I don't think they're going to change who they are. Now the Browns can perhaps take advantage of some of those things. Steve, you're right. Like right. I don't think uh, if I'm looking at the roster, like I, I if I said some of these corner names, you guys probably wouldn't still wouldn't know who they are. Shatavia, or yeah, uh, Shavarius Ward, um, you know, Legarius Sneed. They, we know Mike Hughes, uh, the yeah. name from Minnesota, but like those aren't elite players. They no. just play in a system that I think it's almost like Pittsburgh's guys where they just play with this immense confidence, even though they're not like the corners have never been that talented in Pittsburgh. Like Mm-mm. we saw Joe Hayden For when years. He was fading out of Cleveland. Like they just play a way that is that is really uh, in a system. They trust, I guess is the way to put it. They and they play get physical. Game. So, but yep. this is not like they try to play Baltimore style, Steve, without mm-hmm. Baltimore's talent at corner and, and, one of the safeties. I don't think Dan Sorensen's anywhere near as good as Chuck Clark, but like Badger's really good. And I don't think they have a guy quite like that in Baltimore, but like, that's the style we're going to get down in your face. We're going to send pressure from unexpected locations. And we're going to play a lot of man to man, probably going to be like 60, 40 man. And yeah, the thing, the difference is this year, Cleveland has more, opportunities to 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 create some separation downfield right Right. like that's the thing it's not it's not so much i expect cleveland to be wildly different than they were or expect the chiefs to be wildly different but the browns have more ways to beat them this year so hopefully that can come into play a little bit that we look back on and maybe odell has four for 40 or four for 90 or something like that and we're like those 90 yards and the touchdown is the reason cleveland won 27 26 or something like you know so Right. The, there's, there's going to be opportunities. We'll see what they do with Anthony Schwartz. If they get crazy with him uh, the same with being creative with Demetri Felton in some sort of lateral sense to, to maybe put a guy, you know, get a linebacker on him in space, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's mm-hmm. going to be Jarvis Landry's got to win at the point of attack. You know, it's going to be in, in the joke, the Hooper guy make plays over the middle of the field. Right. And, and you're going to need Donovan people's Jones who caught a deep ball last year. If you recall one-on-one ball down the right sideline, he caught early in the game. Can you continue yep. to do that? Can you pick apart? It's just, it's just, uh, it'll be so fun to see who wins this chess match because these teams know each other pretty well, uh, and and I, I don't expect it to be wildly different, but there will be some wrinkles that we see that we're like, oh, okay, that's fun. I like that from both sides. You know, Andy Reid is a is a wizard when he gets a bye week. Imagine the whole off season, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's right. not fun to think about. So, yeah. uh, and I I truly trust Kevin and and the offensive group in Cleveland to do some of those things too. So. Uh, it it just doesn't get better for a week one opponent. I mean, just like the class of the AFC, uh, you could throw the Bills in there too. Obviously, they're an up and comer for that role as well. But yeah, it's just such a great test on both sides. I do think Cleveland is uh, is better equipped. If Odell is right, which we have no reason to believe he's not, we just need to see it right. Uh, if he's if he's the guy we think he can still be, then then that's a difference maker, and hopefully that difference can pop up for some big plays four five
0: six seven catches for some 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 yards that change the game good question here in the chat we had it up before and then yeah uh, I took you you. on a tangent as is my want uh from Salutely, which is a great screen name good for that one uh it's no Buinka but it's up there Um, up there Jake how were how were Six's mechanics in the preseason game especially his footwork compared to last year I know it was a smaller sample size and he didn't do anything, you know. They were fairly vanilla. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, did you notice anything that stood out one way or the other?
1: I thought footwork was fine by the end of the year. It was a massive change, you know. I don't, I don't think people understand that. It's like, um, it's like being a, an open stance hitter and then going to your to closing your stance as a hitter. It's just a massive change. Putting your right foot forward to start because, you know, you have your drive foot, you have your second foot and your third foot, and then you're kind of tweaking that first step to be more of a timing step. Uh, it's it's a it's a huge change. So I thought it was really clean by the end of the season. I thought he was fine in the in the preseason game. I think there was one time a ball was batted down where he had really no chance. A DN went on an end tackle twist, and the uh, the tackle almost like looped all the way around, like he was running to get some water from the sideline. It was bizarre. Uh, he had no chance of getting that ball past that guy who batted down. The other one, he tried to change <coughs> his change his arm angle, which I liked down near the goal line, but it's still the dude made a nice play of going from here to reaching out with his left arm and knocking it down. So I don't have any mechanical things for anybody. I mean, he threw the ball 10 times, and I thought one of them was a screenplay, so he really threw it nine times. And, you know, there's no better thing to me than can you can you come out of the pocket and be sharp on the run. He threw an absolute dot to Kaderil Hodge. He came off of a nice play-action concept and also hit Kaderil Hodge the play right before that where he hit the top of his drop, one, two, three, off of the play-action hitch and fire it looked good. It looked clean. I have nothing negative to say. And I thought for the most part, as I tried to update you guys throughout the year, like it, his mechanics became more clean as the year wore on. And I think he's in a comfortable position with, with all of the tweaks that Alex Van Pelt has required, you know, requested of him to do. And they're on a,
3: they're in a good spot. Absolutely. And uh shout out to all-star nine. Thank you for that resub on the Twitch prime. That is your second sub second month Sub streak uh, for the OBR Twitch. Thank you so much for using that Twitch Prime and giving it to the OBR Twitch. Much appreciated. Is Honey Badger Chiefs Green Dot? I'm not sure. I Honestly, is. don't know. Do you I'm know not sure is? either. Is what was the question? Is, is Honey, Honey Badger, Badger the Green Dot for the, for the Chiefs?
1: Uh, I can I can Google it real quick. I don't believe he is. He's a hell of a communicator for them. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I would imagine manager. it's a linebacker because just almost everybody's a linebacker. That's what made John Johnson so weird. In KC last year, is it so often
3: that I don't, I don't know. And if it's not a linebacker, it's usually a safety. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not sure.
0: Okay. And we had this one for, uh, for Fred, but I wanted to get your take on it too. What's a, what's a safe expectation for tax snap count this week? Tack McKinley.
1: Uh, I would say 15 really good snaps. You would want, if you, if you try to keep the chiefs at like, I guess in the 15, 20 range, if you try to keep the chiefs to say 60 snaps, you would, you would like to have Miles and uh, and or uh, Clowney on the field for 40 of them, 43, 44, right? Like I would say yeah. in the 15 to 20 range because you could also go with a little bit of that 3D end uh, NASCAR speed package, whatever you want to call that stuff. Uh, you could see a little bit of that. So anything over 20 for a guy who hasn't been exposed to a live game yet would be surprising to me. But like 15 feels like a good number for him.
3: Lost it. Looks like looks like uh, Mark Mark Andrews signed a new deal with the Ravens, according to did. Chet. Yeah, well, cool.
0: speaking of the green dot, I just uh, Ian uh, typed in there that he thinks it is uh, Willie Gay, and if that is the case, then that could be something uh, t- to look at because it looks like he's uh, hurt, Willie isn't Gay he? Is on the IR for at least yeah. three weeks. So I don't I know who would who would take over in that situation. But could be uh, Anthony we'll- Hitchens
1: is their other experienced linebacker. I know. They're going to start Nick Bolton, the rookie out of Missouri, who I do not like all too much at all. I would try to find Nick Bolton as often as I can because I don't think mm-hmm. that guy can cover. Uh, we'll see if they keep him on the field a lot. But I, I think the linebackers, from I'm looking at their depth charts, uh, Hitchens would make sense. Uh, Sorensen's on the field for them a ton. Sorensen and Matthew were the two that played over 1,000 snaps for them last year. Uh, so those guys could make sense. But Hitchens is the leading linebacker snap guy last year. I don't know. I I'm not entirely sure but I'm I, I would imagine they have some sort of plan and there's a ton of continuity in their defense so it's not like you know they have some they've had the same DC for a while I don't think it's going to be a problem no matter what way they go there.
0: I'm with you too on Nick Bolton challenge the rookie. Um mm-hmm. if if you can I would try to get uh Jarvis Landry on him. I would try to get Demetric yeah. Demetri Felton on him one-on-one. One yeah. on one. I would try to have have Njoku. it set up so that either uh, Nick Chubb or uh, Kareem Hunt, whoever is in in the game, if they're releasing, he's their assignment. So that you know, in the open field, those guys make the best of the best miss. So let's see what you got, Rook. Uh, sure. And until you stop it, we're going to keep doing it. But I'm with you on that one. That's that. And like you said before, their corners, they're good. And I really like Legarius Sneed. I, I liked him during the draft process, and I think he had a good year last year. But if there is a weak spot, and uh, I don't know if weak is the right word, if there is a spot that I think the Browns' current personnel with their added speed has a very good chance to attack frequently, I think that's it right there. I think that's their best chance to score to put up 30-plus. To, to f-
1: focus on the, fir- the, the original question there, I think it is Hitchens who wears that for them from what I'm seeing. Okay. The people who cover the team. So take that for what it's worth. He's going to play. He's He's an okay player, so. You know, they uh, don't make question the
0: from line, our right? friend Paul: How are we feeling about Greedy? Even when he was healthy, he's uh, hit and miss uh, this summer and before. What uh, your thoughts on Greedy?
1: <gasps> he'll be hit and miss. <laughs> I think he'll be hit and miss. I I, yeah. I just I think he's an okay player. I need to be proven yeah. wrong. I think he's an okay player. He is not instinctual in zone coverage, which which leads to him being about a step behind schemes that happen in front of his face. He can play man if you walk him down and put him in someone's face to play mirror technique. Now, I'm not talking about bump and run as in old school Deion Sanders, get your hands on him, jam him at the line of scrimmage (laughs) stuff, uh, which is what some teams still do, like the Marlon Humphreys of the world. He is a mirror guy, the same as Denzel, where they like to get down in your face just to run with you and close distance and and make you uncomfortable. Uh, He can do that, and he's pretty solid at the the top of uh, vertical routes. I've not had big concerns with him on vertical routes, but things that happen in front of him, you know, dagger routes, uh, things that unfold, comebacks, uh, speed outs, things like that. He just isn't a pass breakup, make a play on the ball guy yet. Now he could, again, he could, but that's an anticipatory thing that he is not really, he was never really trained on uh, on that stuff at LSU. He did not master that skill. If you recall back to when Greedy was drafted by Cleveland in the second round, it was look at this man-to-man corner to play with Denzel. It's going to make sense. And then, and then, you know, you're in the NFL and you got to play, you gotta play some quarters, you know, you gotta play some some cover three and, and some of that stuff have it has not developed yet. Could it? Sure. He'll be around the football in, in some circumstances, but I don't expect him to be a guy that for, for now, I don't think he is a player that we should think is going to have some some fantastic season. I still think he's an okay corner. You need average to above average corners, right? Yeah, you need those guys. And sure. he can be that and give them the flexibility to say, hey, Greg Newsom, run around with Tyreek Hill all day or Denzel or whatever you want to do. The one matchup I don't want to see, which was one that they picked on in the playoffs last year, was they put Denzel Ward on, on Travis Kels now, right? Yes. do you say his new name. Uh, is. I don't want that. He's too physical for him. He's just way too physical coming in and out of breaks, and I don't want to see them try that again. So I hope we don't see that. I hope they try to box him. What I mean by boxing him is putting an athletic linebacker on him and trying to box him with a safety inside outside, or a slot corner, and uh, and hope for the best. So uh, yeah, they're, they're explosive. You have to just try yeah. to bottle them up. You have to make <laughs> you have to make them hold the ball a second or two longer and force some pressure to to disrupt to disrupt Pat Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he hasn't thrown an interception in September, guys. So like. You got to just cross your fingers that some things are going to go sideways for them and just do your best to to make them question what you don't give everything away pre-snap. Don't line up in man coverage and play man. Line up in zone looks and play man. Line up in man looks and play zone. Make him think for an extra half second and try to unleash this defensive line, especially the guys off the edge uh, who I think they can take advantage of Orlando Brown who I still don't think is some foot speed guru. I think they can take advantage of him and Lucas Niang. That's where they have to try to do their best to take advantage. So uh that's that's the spot to me like they have to they have to try to take advantage of those things and get creative. But they have more guys like Greedy now. They have Greg Newsom, they have Greedy who's a who's an upgrade uh in a sense over what they've had in the past. The safeties are better, they're more athletic everywhere. Yes. So we'll see what they end up rolling out and trying to do. But for now, I just want them to The biggest thing is be on the same page. You can't have coverage bus. You can't make it easier for for KC to score than it already is, right? You can't give up. Someone thinks it's cover two when it's cover four or whatever. You can't give up coverage bus. Uh, So I've I've talked about this a little bit. They could be super creative. They could have a bunch of things up their sleeve, Joe Woods, to be creative to play KC. Uh, They could, but at the same time, you need to be – on the same page and that's what's most important and when you don't have a bunch of guys who have played a ton of snaps together you worry about that a little bit right like you worry about guys you know always knowing the right places to be without the reps you know for example i'm looking at kc in the preseason you know juan thornhill is going to be a player for them 87 snaps guys who are going to play a lot of snaps in the secondary in the linebacker group you know, all all played a good number of snaps dan Sorensen, 47 we saw 17, 16 from the last group. So just they're, pl- they've played more. They're in a system. They all know they've all been together. So from the Browns perspective, just get on the same page and don't give up any bust plays. You know what I'm saying?
0: As far as Kelse goes, as covering Travis Kelse, I'd be shocked. I think they put Denzel on him last year because they had no other choice. I and mean, we all know the devastated, depleted secondary by the time we got to that game, I think, Unless I'm wildly wrong, correct me if I'm I'm seeing this wrong, Jake. I mean, it, it has to be John Johnson, Ronnie Harrison, and J O K. That's gotta be the bulk of who's on Kels, right? I mean, yeah, you can else box really him. Makes sense.
1: Yeah, you can almost and one play him. You can you can play former fashions of single high where you you put a linebacker on him off the snap, keep outside leverage and box him to a safety rolling down into spy. So what I mean by that is a safety starts in too high and then rolls to the middle of the field and kind of eyes anything Kelsey's running. So you have outside leverage and inside leverage. I would do that. If it were me, I know that Tyreek Hill is beyond dangerous. I totally get it. It's not a point that misses me. I would say Denzel, go cover him. Just cover him. If you want to be a dude, go cover him. You're the body type. You're the physical speed. You should be able to play with him. Go cover him. We're going to double team kelsey all day we're going to double team him all day we're going to take away inside outside leverage on this guy as often as we can and then we're going to try we're going to flip the coin with McCole hardman byron pringle and demarcus robinson with greedy and greg Newsom. that's what we're going to do you guys go cover him like that to me is the formula you got to take away travis kelsey he is the ultimate modern day wide receiver tight end hybrid and if you let him go Eight catches for 125 yards and two touchdowns. It's game over. So you better find a way to cover those guys. And I think you double Kelsey. You take your. You got this guy Denzel who wants to be a premier tight or premier corner, which we all think he is. He wants to get paid big money. Go cover this guy. You know, I think the guys that give Denzel issues are physical guys. We're talking about right. Travis Kelsey. I'm not ready to switch to Kels. It's too much. Yeah, you know, I it's
3: miss what happened.
1: Did, did Travis it was a
0: couple weeks ago? He said I miss this. Um, <laughs> It I was on a bar show. store or something
1: like that, right? Where he yeah. said that that his name's actually pronounced Kels, but he's never wanted to correct people because everyone's just called him Kelsey or whatever. He just really, them, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He
0: said, I corrected people like 400 times and then I figured I'll hell with it, whatever. Yeah. I'll be Kelsey. Wow,
1: no yeah. clue. Wow, that's like the uh, the Oway. it's which it's it's Odefe Owe instead of Jason. Yeah. Yeah. like, I'm tired of people calling me to the- Rod like, Taylor. I should, too. I should, yeah, I should get it right, but uh, don't call him Frankie Lindor, anyway. Um <laughs> <laughs> to the to the point at hand, uh, is is like Denzel struggles in his career with the DK Metcalfs, the 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 AJ Browns, the big big physical. Yes, the big right. physical types give him issues, uh, and I don't. It's just a it's just the thing. Like he just doesn't cover him well. He doesn't play the the catch point well. Uh, but guys like like uh like the Marquise Browns, the uh, the 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 uh, whatever. Think of think of guys of that mold. Tyree Kill is of that mold. So you should. You should really attempt. And I'm not saying that Denzel can't cover big guys. I'm just talking about what his history has shown us. So, you know, he he should be able to handle this matchup to an extent. I mean, I mean, Tyreek Hill is ridiculous. I get it. That point doesn't miss me. But, you know, that's, that's a risk you have to take. They're so good. I would just rather take Travis Kelsey away all game and try my best with you know, keeping two backers in the box to take care of edwards Alaire and try to handle it that way. Sure. And and play a box defender and eleven personnel try to play that box defender and and box in Kelsey as best you can. And like if Demarcus Robinson and and Byron Pringle and Nicole Hardman beat you, then you're you probably didn't have a chance to win anyway. Like that, right. that's just kind yeah. of it. So then yeah. touche right. Like <laughs> we didn't do well enough because we should have guys on this roster now who can handle those. It's not Sammy Watkins anymore. Their second right. wide receiver and third wide receiver all had to bump up the third and fourth guys. And like, I think Byron Pringle and McCole Hartman are okay. And Demarcus Robinson's okay, but they're just guys. Like you got to be able to cover them. Right. So that's where I'm at with it.
0: Let me ask you this uh, before we move on. Cause this is a good question. Yeah. Uh, you said something before that you think greedy is <clears throat> more of a third corner type. Um uh, It's so like a Terrence Mitchell you're talking about like like that level someone who's you know reliable can go cover but he's not going to be he's not going to be a Denzel type he's not a a shutdown it's not you know greedy island but he's out there he's dependable and if you put him as the third corner we got Denzel over here Greg over there and then throw greedy on their third wide receiver you think that's where he can shine where that where he can uh, be uh, give his most production
1: yeah if they're playing uh, you know heavy nickel or um I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. Like if they go three corner stuff, if they go traditional nickel to me, again, this is just me. I trust. I like Greg Newsome more as an outside corner. So it'd be Troy Hill, Greg Newsom, and Denzel. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: If they went big nickel, obviously you would take Troy Hill off the field and you'd bring on a third safety. If they went dime, what I think they want to do if they go dime, because they could play a ton of dime in this game. If they Mm -hmm. do that, then you, you, you got to look at the tea leaves here. What have they been training Greg Newsom to do all off season? They've kind right. of been like, "Hey, we want to try this guy in the slot. We're going to start him in the Atlanta game in the slot." Well, if you play dime, you have to have four corners on the field, and two of them have to play inside. So I think they wanted to train him to do that. So if they want to go dime, they can play dime with two safeties. There's this whole thing about, "Well, you need three safeties." I Me, mean, don't. What are you talking about? You don't need three safeties to play dime. You can play it with two. So I think that's something that they're going to roll out. I would not be surprised by that. And if that's the case, then that means Greedy's an outside corner. I don't think Greedy's built to be an inside guy at all. No. He's never trained there either. You play Greedy and Denzel outside. You have Troy Hill and you have Greg Newsome in the slot. And then you have two safeties. You put Anthony Walker, or JOK. Okay. If you want to be real creative and take a defensive lineman off the field, you could put Clowney. You know, you could put Malik Jackson, Clowney, and 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 Miles Garrett out there, and then you could play two backers. You could play JOK and Anthony Walker. If you want to have four down, take JOK off or take Walker off and play four down one backer. Like that's that that is a group. Like that's a real group, man. So uh, that's the stuff that I want to really really see. Like if you want a group that can that can cover in space, uh, be physical enough to tack, I think they can handle that. That's why. The like what they've been chit chatting about, and 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 Joe Wood saying, Well, I'm really more of a nickel guy. Well, let's see you be a nickel guy, I want to see you do that stuff, Mm -hmm. especially against KC, man. Like, yeah, I want to see you do that stuff. So, that's the the, like, it's it sucks because uh, again, I was talking to the the, the guest I had on from Kansas City. Like, I don't know what the Browns are going to do. Like, when you see it, is when I see it. We don't know, so I'll be watching that as intently as I've ever watched anything with the Browns.
3: Yep. And that kind of rubs off this question too. Um are, are they because <laughs> once OBJ went down, I I swear it seemed like they were starting these games off throwing the football more. Am I missing something here? Or well, am I
1: OBJ went down coincided with like the bye week, like the mid season when they've yes. played together? I think that's something that even when I discussed it mid-year last year, I didn't really give it full attention. Right? Like they they're <laughs> There was no – I'm going to say the stuff that I have said like a 100 million times, and we've all said it. There was no preseason. There was no real. There was no OTA. Sure. They didn't have time. So if you come out as a coach the first seven weeks, you've got a quarterback you had just met before the season. It's Kevin Stefanski had really met Baker a few times. Like football met him on the field here. Let's coach you up. Let's do this. Let's do that. They got two weeks before the season, three weeks. What are you going to do? Like right. you have – These two really good running backs, your system is predicated on running the football. Hey, I have these five kick... I'm trying not to cuss really good defense or offensive lineman. You're going to run it a ton. So like when people talk to me about this data about like, well, the Browns are really run heavy team. Well, what do you expect him to be? Like, <laughs> yeah. He's not trying to get fired. He's not going right. to throw the ball 40 times to start the year when he has a quarterback who knows like 30% of the playbook comfortably go yeah. back and listen to all of the bye week interviews they gave about yeah. Stefanski and Baker talking about how, yeah, man, we finally got to sit down and spend extended time together and talk right. about what we liked and didn't like, what we were doing right, wrong, and everything. Hey, I really like this set. I really like this look. I really like this read. I really like this against third down mugged. You know, when they're mugging the center, this is what I like. Call this. That's when it all came together. Now, it just so happened to coincide with Odell's injury. So let's give it a chance. Let's see what it looks like when you have a quarterback who's comfortable with this play caller in the system and everybody's on the same page. And then let's bring Odell back into the fold and see what it all looks like. So right. again, you you do some self reflection, and when I was immediately talking about it, well, the data is the data, and Baker's better without him. And sometimes I said some things. I looking back on it, I don't really love because I don't think the full picture was totally understood. So fair, absolutely, Jake. Let's let's give it a chance and uh-huh. and let's see what a full seventeen now games looks like. his the head coach and the quarterback and the OC and everybody's on the same page and they're not afraid to give Baker. I don't think they were afraid to give Baker opportunities because they thought he couldn't do it. I think they're confident in the young man, but they're also understanding like, hey, we don't really know everything about everybody yet. We haven't developed full on relationships. Let's run the ball. Let's be a really uh, let's be very safe with our approach the first half of the year until we start to understand who these guys are as players. And I start to develop chemistry with them. And then we'll see where it goes the second half of the year. And what did you notice the second half of the year? A ton of trust in the quarterback. They played through Baker right. May for the rest of the year. So again, I know there's a ton of first year data from Kevin Stefanski and, and everybody's freaking out. He's got to throw more on early downs. I get it. You're, you're right. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But let's see him actually now that he knows what Baker's comfortable with and what he's good at and what they can succeed with, let's see them put it together and try to give him a full year to to evaluate this thing. So I'm just excited to see what the offense looks like because as much as it was we knew what they were going to do, you look back at the end of the year and I had this conversation with a couple different people and I'm like, yeah, man, they're this wide zone team that's great. They love zone. Well, they ran more gap schemes, counter, you know, power, guard guard center pull stuff. They were more gap. They ran for more gap yards than they did zone yards. They evolved as the season went on. The same thing went in their general approach to the to to how they structured their offense. Like
3: it just it all changed. So we'll see what this year looks like. And speaking of OBJ, do you expect them to be on a snap count this week? I would I would think so, guys.
1: I think that yeah. you know the emergence of Donovan Peoples Jones has been has been great on a couple levels, right? I think it, it it's nice to talk about. Point. It's it's nice to talk about right like uh you know uh, OBJ will be back and you'll be what will he do well you don't have to rush him now because it's right. not like we don't have any other X to play that position no you have this this kid who's breaking out who can still handle a lot of that role so maybe you play Odell two series in the first half or sorry first quarter a couple series in the second quarter give him a series off that's the approach you don't have to rush it because it works twofold you, you know Odell doesn't need to be thrown in for 75 snaps in his first game back from an ACL injury, but you also know I really want to get Donovan Peoples-Jones developed and in big game, big game settings against good teams to show what he can do because we believe in him. So that's a huge part of it too. So I think like 40 to 50 snaps, like something – it, it, let me put it this way: It could go anywhere from 30 to 50, and I wouldn't be surprised. So I think they'll, I think they'll lean on the patient side because that's all they talk about. They, they're big picture oriented, so that's kind of what I'm expecting to, to happen, really.
0: And Jake, let me let me just go back to the point before when you were talking about uh, the the evolution of the offense in the second half, and they trust each other more, and all that kind of thing. It goes back to something that you and I have said all off season when people, especially during draft the draft cycle when people, oh, well, they got to get another tight end because Stefanski loves tight ends and Stefanski loves to do this. And Stefanski loves to do that. You know what Kevin Stefanski likes his offense, whatever's working that week. So yeah, he has, he, he's run a lot of tight ends. They run more tight ends than anybody else. That's undeniable. But if there's a matchup and the 12 personnel and the 13 personnel is just not working, he'll go empty. He'll, if, if they're crush if they're putting up 30 points in the first half with five wide, he's going to run a lot of five wide. If, yeah. if they're, you know, if they like in the Dallas right. game, if, if they're going to run for 300 plus yards with Nick Chubb, they're going to run for three. They're going to run the ball all over yes. the place. So I think these people that like to say, oh, well, they are <laughs> this team or they are that team. I get where that comes from, but it's not like these guys are so egoless. It's not like we've dealt with yes. coaches for so long in Cleveland that this is my system. We're going to do it this way. That's not how this guy is. He's like, here's no. what I would like to do, but then by the second quarter, especially the second half, he'll reassess and go, okay, well, we wanted, we thought we could do A, B, and C, but they've game planned against it. But mm-hmm. D was working, so let's do that in the second half. So I think you're you're right on the money, and especially you know working Odell back into there. The people I've always thought that was silly uh, since the start. If your offense is better without a talent like Odell, uh, then you didn't know how to use Odell. Yeah, your
1: offense like, is thus the problem, right? Yeah, like you're the exactly. problem.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. no, I, so.
1: I think, I think that they'll the the beauty the beautiful part of where they're at is like don't get me wrong. Kevin Stefanski loves tight ends. Like he's just, if he has to run like 70, 70 plays of 11 personnel, he's going to start like scratching his neck and getting a little itchy. Like, I think he loves tight ends, but I don't, I don't think that they'll go into any game being stubborn and they shouldn't, right? Like they shouldn't, there's, there's too much talent to play in too many weird ways. Like I broke, I put a play up on, on Twitter where they had Felton, Janovich, two tight end. They're in 22 personnel, but they're an empty. They have Janovich wide, had Felton in the slot. Uh, it wasn't empty. It was twenty-one personnel, but they were out of the gun, and it was like they had Dearness Johnson in the backfield, uh, Dimitri Felton in the slot. They had Andy Janovich split wide as a Z, and they had one wide receiver on the field. And I was like, "What the heck is this?" And they're like, <laughs> and "They're in a true three by one set." I think it was twenty-two. They had two tight ends and two running. It was weird. Anyway, like. They had one wide receiver on the field, but they were in a three-by-one. And uh, this is strange. They'll they'll just get as creative as they possibly can. They have so many different ways they can can play now, right? They can play 11 personnel. I have no issues putting a third wide receiver on the field and playing one of those tight ends and rotating them. I also have no issue if they have a team that they play on the schedule who they feel like they can abuse in the run game and playing 13 personnel for 45 Mm -hmm. snaps. They can mm -hmm. do whatever they want to do, and they can adjust on the fly – And that's the beauty in the second year of the system is that like, it's not, you know, maybe you go into the game last year, they're playing the Colts, right? And they've prepped all of these plays out of 12 personnel. Maybe they've spent 75% of their practice playing, uh, you know, 12 personnel. This is what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to beat them. Well, then, if you try to call on something else, and you try to say, "Okay, let's go 11," and there's going to be like a what? How do we do that this year? You go into the Chiefs game, you're you're planning to play a ton of 12 or a ton of 13 or or whatever, or maybe go into the game thinking they're going to play a ton of 11 personnel, and then they start noticing the Chiefs have adjusted well to it. We need to go 12, get David on the field, do some different things instead of being like, "Hey, man, you remember from the no, it's going to be hey, remember the Jaguars game." Week 13 last year, we ran this two times. We gave them an issue with it. That's like they'll call back on those things because they've experienced right. it, they've done right. it. You can do it on the fly. When you don't have to reteach it, when they've taught it once and they've done it and it's a part of their identity now, you roll over the players, the same players, the same coaches, the same talent, the same system, the same verbiage. It's not a problem, to if you didn't do three reps of a certain play this week to get ready for it, you can still call that play, right? You can still call it because they've done it and you can go back to your mind like, oh, yeah, man, I remember we ran that against the Steelers in the wildcard game and it was a hell of a play. Let's run it again right here. That's the stuff. You don't have to spend time preparing. While last year, when they didn't get the time to practice together all the time or things were condensed, they they you had to really practice what you were going to use, right? Because you didn't have a background of things to call back on, or in training camp where you spent all this time on it. You were implementing and learning and developing as you went, and that leads to less on field changes uh, scheme scheme changes game plan changes they can do so much more of that this year which gives me a ton of hope about how they start a game but maybe how they end it with figuring out how on earth do we attack and don't forget they have one of the best in-game change of plan guys in bill callahan who can adjust run game on the fly and scott peters who sits in the box as assistant who are so good at it so yeah guys like it's it should be night and day different and they should they should not feel pigeonholed into any one personnel grouping or any one yeah. style of play because they can adjust on the fly because they have background together now. They have real experience together, right? So that makes a difference. And great coaching.
3: Yes, which we have not had the last 20 years for the most part.
0: Here's a good question from Chubb. Yeah. Absolutely. What can the Browns do to slow the Chiefs defensive line? My initial thought on this, Jake, and then we'll you know <laughs> we'll obviously throw it to you, is we saw a lot more screen game this preseason uh That yes. we have in the past. How many years have we been saying? I think screens? I think More that was. Screens, screens,
3: screens. Screens.
0: I think and, there was a reason they did that. To be exactly. honest, exactly. I think every obviously, single thing they
1: did in the preseason, Steve, was calculated. Absolutely, one hundred
0: percent. Now, obviously, it wasn't Baker. It wasn't the starting. But I'm sure they were doing the same things in practice. I'm sure that. Yeah, Baker gave uh, uh, Deonis kind of Johnson of one too, right? They did. game, yeah. any kind of misdirection, any kind of orbit motion, reverse, mm-hmm. any anything yeah. like that just to slow them down just a half a beat. And then that brings into play what we talked about a little bit ago, the upgraded weapons, the numerous threats that they have, the different areas of the field that they have to threaten in their receiving yeah. core. Now, if you give them just that extra half split second, that's all guys like Odell or Anthony Schwartz or, you know, who pick your guy, that's all they need. And so I think we could see a lot of that. We could, I think we're going to see more of it this year than we did last mm-hmm. year. Am I wrong in thinking that?
1: No, I don't think you're wrong at all, man. I think they're going to be uh they're they're going they're going to get creative, but I think they're going to do what they do well too, right? Steve? Like I think they're going to they're going to go into this game with a set of things that they've got probably if you look at a call sheet, a coach's call sheet, I want to hit these 20 plays at some point, right? Like right. they'll have a the script you script your first it's it listen. I know everyone wants to try to say the scripts the same for everybody. Some coaches script two series, some coaches script 15, some coaches script 20. And it's like, you know, sometimes it'll go left of center and you got to change so quickly, but sure. they'll have a bunch of plays. They really like for what they think Kansas City's going to do. Uh, but, but they'll also be able like, I just can't go back to it enough. Like, they're going to adjust on the fly. They notice that Kansas city can't handle screen game or they're being really rush heavy. You know, Chris Jones is their defensive tackle. Who's moving to stud defensive tackle, moving out to oh, some DN this year. How does he handle change of direction on that? It's a completely different feel from a defensive end. Hey, let's pick on Chris Jones over aggressiveness. Let's throw a screen early. Let's hit him there. Let's throw a, a stretch concept or we'll throw a backside tunnel screen off of it. They could get so creative. I, I, I will be really fascinated to watch what they do. And uh, again, I think you have to find guys in the Chiefs' defense you think you can pick on and try to pick on them, uh, and I hope they do. That's one thing that I really liked about how they played the the last portion of the year is they tried to pick on people. You know, they used uh, Jarvis to pick on the Robert Spillane of the Steelers. The linebacker could not mm-hmm. cover him in space, so I, I can't be more excited from the side of like the cohesion. Um, the 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 infinite level of difference they are gonna be uh going into week one last year to week one this year. Again, it's never going to be overreaction one way or the other, but it's an exciting thing to think about the just like if they were at a percentage in the Ravens game last year, they were at like 10% of where they wanted to be, and now they're at a hundred. They're they, and that's not that they're not evolving and learning and doing and applying, but they're they're just at a completely different level of hey, here's who we are. Here's what we do well, and here's all the adjustments that we can go off of to counteract all the things that people think we're gonna do. And uh, that should be exciting for Browns fans as a means to hopefully figure out the code. I, I again I think you got to score a ton of points to beat these guys, and, and I think Kevin knows that too. Sure. Yeah. You, and this you know, is, uh, see, this is a good
0: uh, uh, comment from Chad Toxic. Here. Yes. Um, I hope you're the dead big on kind of toxic. Uh, <laughs> trust Stefanski <laughs> and the coaching staff to have the game plan nailed down. And it goes to what we've been talking about. And last week when we were talking about the 53, we said the same thing, but more from a front office perspective. It goes to that word you just used, cohesion. Vision is all the same. All the oars in the boat are rowing in the same direction. And the number of bad moves they've made since last January in the 20 months or however long it's been is yeah. dwarfed by the number of, of perfect moves that they have made. So we, we said it last week when we were discussing, why did they cut this guy and not that guy? Well, Andrew Berry has earned our trust. I think the same thing applies here to Kevin Stefanski. He has earned the right for us to say, until you give us a reason to get pissed off, you're the man. I trust you to, to not only have something, planned going in but like you have said several times jake adjust on the fly whether that be after one series or after the half or somebody gets hurt or you know whatever i, I absolutely 100 this front office and coaching staff has earned the right for us to trust them until they give us multiple reasons not to
1: yeah, yeah they won't be infallible mistakes will be made no, you know like and I, I know you're not saying they won't be it's it's um You know, there are going to be times where I'm sure it'll be the first two series of the game and the Browns run six times and you're all going to be screaming like you're going to be upset. (laughs) Throw the ball. Like it's just, you know, it's clockwork, some of these things. But I, yeah, I, there's no reason, just like with Andrew Barry in the front office right now. If you want to get granular and pick them apart for some decision they made in August of 2020, sure, go ahead. Like you could, you could pick at little things if you want. But the big picture stuff and is, is, fully deserved of our trust. I have no reason to sit here and think Kevin Stefanski won't provide the right game plan and, and Joe Woods won't provide the right game plan. Uh, we can look at it after and have some discussions about it, but you know, I, I'm trying to tell you guys how it's a different thing for Kevin Stefanski and the group this year, why it's different, what's the change, where they're at as a group collectively, and why sh- why some things throughout the year should be able to be different than what we've seen in years past and even last year. Right. Like they shouldn't take eight weeks to figure out who they are offensively. It should be we hit the ground running this year because we got all that time in, in mini camp and training camp and uh, all of the 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 time we've spent together on Zoom calls and the playbook hasn't changed. And yeah, like that's the stuff I'm trying to tell you for why they should be the place that we think they'll be week one. Right. Like, yeah. I have no doubt that Kevin is gonna have a good game plan. I'm never I'm not questioning that guy. He's forgot more about football than I could ever dream to imagine to know. So uh, you know, that's not my point. My point is to try to explain to you perspectives and why they do things, that kind of thing. So uh, hopefully I have illuminated that a little bit for you, but yeah, to totally trust those guys in the front office and, and the coaching staff until I have a reason not to, he could be in his basement and call a better game than I can obviously.
3: So yeah, I, you know. I, pulled, I pulled this question up because I, you know, with, with the way these NFL backs are nowadays, I swear most of them can catch the football and I go back to Chubb's rookie year. Do you guys remember that touchdown catch Chubb yeah. made? I think it was on a wheel route where he like caught it against the guy's back, the defender's back. Hell of – yeah, it was a hell of a grab. And then we go back to the Chiefs game where he did – in the playoffs where he did have a couple drops. And But I think overall Chubb can catch the football, right? I mean, I just – I don't know. I love – Jake, I've told you, screen plays are my favorite play in, in, in football. It's my favorite play. <laughs> It really is. More screens. I love screens. So, it's just it's aesthetically pleasing. When it works, it's beautiful. Oh, it, it's the yeah. sexiest thing you'd ever see. Minus um, victory formation. I mean, no, and, and, and we saw in the wild card game, get get uh get, get Chubb the ball in open space on the screen pass. You never know. do uh, you expect them to not even just necessarily screens, but just maybe get 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 Chubb involved in the receiving game more?
1: Well, they tried to last, last year. More. Right? They, did. Yeah, they, they did. They did in the in the, in the in the game there, and he just dropped a couple. I don't think that's yeah. who he is. I think he catches the ball fine. Yeah. I don't think. I don't, I think the defenses probably think that anytime Nick Chubb is the target of a pass opportunity downfield, that's a win for us. Sure, uh, probably is their train of thought because he won't. Uh, he's not totally totally comfortable doing it, and he's not doing what he's best at and receiving the football from the backfield. But yeah, he can do that. He can catch the football again if we're talking about trying to target Nick Bolton, who. I just, you know, the concept of where's Waldo on defense, you try to find Waldo, pinpoint him and pick on him if you can find him. Teams try to hide their Waldo on both sides of the ball. Try to give him help, right? Give him help and make him feel comfortable and don't let him get picked on. Well, if you can find him and pick on him, do it. And I think if you can do it, I think the easy thing to think is Nick Chubb's in the in the game they're going to run the ball, right? They're going to run the football yeah. and if he doesn't get the football as a running back, he's dead to the play. Well, if you can get creative with him, you know, some play action screen concepts where you play action to him, maybe look downfield, then dump it back off to him and put in a screen or put him in an option route against Bolton in space. I think that's a place you can take advantage of it. I would just like to in swing passes, if you guys think about it, yes. they've done a ton of swing passes in the in camp. And I've talked about yes. how Baker needs to continue to to develop his ability to throw the ball down to his running backs, either in the flat or in the swing stuff to get them the ball in space. Like getting the football to Nick Chubb on a swing pass and letting him make one or two people miss in space is like the greatest thing for a quarterback because I it's so rare to see the first guy who is in in a, in a present position to tackle Nick actually tackle him. So if you can get opportunities to isolate him on a running back or a corner right on a swing pass in space, then that's a win for you. that's a that you know ultimately what you're trying to do is an a OC or a call play caller, is take advantage of your best athletes, putting them in positions to be the, the, who they are great athletes. Right. And if you can get Nick in space to, to make a guy like uh, a cornerback from, from, from these guys in in, a corner or a linebacker, tackle them in space, you're in a good position. So uh, another thing that we talked about to to Steve's question earlier about what they're putting on film in camp uh, in preseason to make the chiefs think like They've thrown the ball to their running backs out of the backfield a lot. A lot. So I think they're yep. going to continue to do that as a means to get Nick the football on what are called extended handoffs and say, hey, man, turn this swing pass from a two yard gain into a nine yard gain and keep us on schedule and keep us ahead of the sticks. So expect a little bit of that, too. And Kareem will come in and do what Kareem does. He can do it from, you know, he can split out. He can go out of the backfield. He can he can he can do a little bit of everything.
0: And uh, check me if I'm wrong, Jake, but we've been saying all off season with the upgrade and the speed on the rest of the targets, uh, you got Odell on one side, Anthony Schwartz on the other side, they, they drag at least three guys 35 yards down the field on, 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 nine routes, then you dump it off to Nick Chubb. So not only can he make the first guy miss the rest of the defense isn't packed down into that short zone like they were last year. So if he makes one guy miss, that might be all she wrote at this point. I, I think, as we said back at the top of this, and we've said it for months now, I think the upgrade in personnel, the upgrade in team speed is going to have a ripple effect that even we can't see all of the ripples at this point. I think Nick and Kareem getting the ball out of the backfield on these, like you said, swing passes and and screens and all that, these dump-offs over the middle, checkdowns, heck, just a safety valve stuff could turn into way more big plays than we've seen in the past simply because the team speed and the rest of the, of the uh, receiving core – can threaten deep now, whereas they couldn't do that last year.
1: Yeah, it's it's a thing Kevin Stefanski has answered, maybe not all the time publicly, but what they talked about when they had to address this offseason, you know, from an offensive perspective, and they were doing a little bit of their personnel review, is we need to create space. And and, and he didn't say horizontal or vertical, but he definitely meant it. You know, I made the the comment last year I thought held true that they were playing almost all of their offense was in a red zone situation where everything was very compact. So they are going to, and by means of a healthy Donovan Peoples-Jones, a healthy uh, Odell Beckham and Anthony Schwartz that's running free now, you, you have the ability to stretch and create more space. And if you can create more space, it gives guys like Jarvis Landry and Richard Higgins more space to operate. And it gives Austin Hooper, David Njoku more space to make route, you know, win a route and get open in space. Instead of being a five yard gain, it can be a 25 yard gain because you can finally get yak yards because if you make the first guy miss, you don't have that second guy right on top of you. So their goal has definitely been to create space for their playmakers to make plays and make, make things happen after the catch point. You know, that's, That's how Baker goes from 3,600 yards to 4,000 yards is space created. And I think they've done a nice job uh, by means of getting the right guys healthy, developing some guys too, and then drafting a nice player who can run uh, and a nice player in the sixth round who can run and and, can kind of scare people uh, to to the sideline and make some people miss. I think you have a nice group uh, uh, that, that can really do that this year in a different way than last year's could. man
3: one day closer gentlemen one day closer to week one versus the chiefs uh as we wrap up this episode um jake what do you have on tap for uh chalk talk tomorrow yeah we
1: will do a couple different things i'm going to it's a weird week guys because of the bye week that is now between the third preseason game and the regular season so last week, if you guys are, are kind of the loyal followers and know the schedule, we did not do a chalk talk because they reeled out the first 53, and we really wanted to dissect that first 53. So I have tape ready to go. I have an exciting segment coming up with a man named Kyle Murphy who was a fantastic Pac-12 guard on the 1995 through 96. He may have even played 97. I have to ask him specifically. Arizona State teams played with Jake Plummer. He played in the Rose Bowl. You all remember Uh, with Ohio state. He was, he, he knows football inside out. He coaches it. He has an offensive line Academy he works with. So we've been lucky enough through connections to get Kyle on every week to look at offensive line play. And uh, that's something that I've tried to get better at. I've done the best I can, but sometimes getting somebody who's really smart at it uh, to do it with you and talk through it and teach you guys stuff is so great. So we go through the first three series, the Browns had the two starter series in Atlanta and the first reps uh, set of reserve reps to talk about James Hudson and a couple other things like Kyle was so impressed with how Nick Harris played in that game. So it's, it's 50 minutes it's a touch long. We're going to cut that down to 30 in season, but it's so good. And it's so much, so much teaching. So I'm going to share that with you and I will be, so that is going to be a replay. uh, So I won't be actually live. It's going to show up, but I can answer questions in the chat. So if you have questions, I'll be in the chat and answering questions and talking through it. And then the last hour, I'm going to throw up the replay, the condensed replay from the NFL Network. I'm going to throw up uh, the game last year, and we're going to talk through the Browns-Chiefs playoff game and just talk about what they did and why they did it and um, enjoy it together if you want to sit through it again and watch it and talk about it and see how they played for a refresh. So right uh, on. that's that's what we'll do. All righty, thanks for joining us. And uh, hopefully you didn't get too bothered by those noises. I'm sorry. I know it's not a perfect system. I can't always mute those things. Try my best when I can, and I'm hosting. I can take care of it, but I can't always make it perfect. Check out, like I mentioned earlier there, the Twitch channel tonight for the Chalk Talk session, which is going to have some fantastic offensive line discourse. And uh, we will point forward and talk about the Chiefs by re-watching some of the Some of the game last year and what it can tell us about this year should be a fun time, so make sure you check that out. That's all I have for today. I'm excited. It's finally here, week one. We've been waiting on this thing. We get football every single weekend from now until like the beginning of February, and that's an exciting time. You never want summer to go fast, but when it ends, you get football season, which is is some of the best. uh, It is the best uh, time of the year, so... I'm pretty excited about it. I'm sure you are too. Can't wait for Sunday to get here. And it'll even be great to watch the kickoff on Thursday with the Bucks and Cowboys. Join us on Twitch if you can. Reminder to renew your subscription. If you can also do that if you used Amazon Prime, that would be very helpful. Subscribe to this podcast if you can. It's free of charge. Make sure to spread the word about this podcast. That helps immensely and I appreciate any kind reviews. Uh, Even if they're tough reviews, I can appreciate uh, constructive criticism. Always appreciate your support by listening and downloading. You guys are the absolute best. We will have an interview tomorrow on the Chiefs offense, the next day on Chiefs defense, so you are as prepared as possible for what the Browns are getting into when they travel to Kansas City this Sunday. Thanks for checking out the OBR Film Breakdown. Again, have a great day. Go Browns.